In high school, many students play for traditional sports for a competitive outlet, whether it's football, soccer, basketball, or some other sport. But other students prefer another competitive outlet, esports, whether it's because they don't enjoy traditional sports or just don't have the physical ability to compete, esports players are able to become the best at what they do through talent and practice. Although esports has not been fully implemented into many high schools, organizations such as Generation Esports and PlayVS are working to make esports a commonality in high schools. Welcome back to the No Camping Podcast. My name is Sean. And my name is David. Today we're joined by Ben, who goes by the in-game name Caffeine and plays Rainbow Six Siege competitively for his high school in Arizona. He's involved in the HSCL, which stands for the High School Esports League. Ben, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Caffeine Ben, whatever you want to call me, obviously, like David and Sean just mentioned. I've been streaming now for about six months, combined with a recent uh, edition of, you know, the High School Esports League, as they just mentioned. And my team has been playing Rainbow Six Siege since, I'd, I'd say, fifth grade, I, and I'm in ninth grade now. So we've been playing for about three to four years. Uh, and we've all been searching for, for a, you know, a competitive outlet so we could all compete and uh, kind of put our experience to use. And recently, we've been able to find that with HSEL. And obviously, since, you know, games like Siege are 18+, plus, we can't really compete in the actual competitive scene like Challenger League and Pro League. So HSEL is just a, a perfect outlet that my friends have been taking advantage of the past few months. So what is competing in the HSEL like? What kind of people do you play against? And how does it really mesh well with your schedule? Well, uh, with my schedule, it's, uh, it's a lot, to be honest with you. Combined with streaming and, you know, academics, it's almost overwhelming at times to have to practice with my team because obviously practice, just like any other sport, is an important part of uh, HSEL or any sport for that matter. Um, so my team has to practice two to three times a week for at least two hours for it to be a real effective practice. Combined with our actual games and scrimmages against a, you know, a variety of teams, it ends up probably costing us maybe 10 to 15 hours a week of practice and playtime. And then, you know, it's, 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 really, it's really overwhelming at times, but we've all worked it into our schedule and we all still compete and, you know, we make it work. You know, you talk about practice, which kind of contrasts with like the whole thing about video games, which is like you play for fun and you just play, right? But when it comes to practice, practice can sometimes be seen as like not fun. It's just like strenuous. It's, uh, it's like tedious. So how would you really compare playing esports competitively in like a high school setting to regular sports? I'm talking about like leadership, um, of course, practices and strategies. That's a, that's a really good question. My team goes with more of a, a traditional role when it comes to leadership. Uh, we have, uh, whether or not you, you know, you're you familiar with the competitive scene of Siege, there's usually a player who's the designated in-game leader, or IGL for short. So uh, when we go into a game, a lot of attacking in Rainbow Six is, is reading what the defenders are doing in terms of their strategical setup. So we designate one person on our team to say, you're gonna make the calls, you're gonna use your mind, to, you know, to kind of delegate different tasks to his teammates. And yeah, so, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to practicing in regular sports, I, I'm not sure, I've, I used to play football. I played football for three years in middle school. And uh, the practices, you know, I've always considered myself a competitive person. And when I show up to a practice, whether that's in esports or real sports, uh, I'm not necessarily looking to make it the most fun for myself. My favorite thing, about about video games and maybe even life in general is improvement. What is fun for me about video games and esports is improvement. The more I can improve, the more satisfied I feel with myself and my performance, the more fun I'm having realistically. 
So my team and myself in particular aren't always showing up to practices with the intent of having fun in mind. Uh, we're, we're there to improve and uh, we're, we're ready to work hard to get that improvement that we want. So what do you think the biggest challenge is competing in high school esports league? Uh, time. Absolutely time. You know, in every sport, you're going to end up, you know, having off days, playing teams that are maybe just simply better than you. Uh, and that's really unavoidable. But, you know, since esports isn't officially, you know, well, I don't want to say officially recognized, but it's not really. It, it, when, when, you, when, you, when you think about high school football or high school basketball, you know, that, that sometimes comes with like privileges, like maybe being able to get out of class early. Uh, people understand more when you tell them, oh, I had football practice. I, I couldn't get my homework done. Sorry. They're usually understanding of that. But in, in today's culture, it esports when if you you know if I were to tell my teacher if I were to tell you know my history teacher and say I I didn't get my homework done last night sorry my team was practicing late we had a game tomorrow we needed to cram in some strats to make sure we we're ready for the game that's not something that he would understand I feel like I you know that obviously that's not a situation that's happened yet um but I think that if you know contrasting esports the amount of time it takes versus actual sports when you know. When you talk about the amount of time that you have, people are much less understanding about esports. I think that's the biggest challenge that comes with this uh, so far. Right, I get what you're saying because, like, e you know, video games, like esports, it's what it is. It's just video games, um, but on, like a competitive level, it's seen more as like a leisure, where sports are more con can be seen as like, you know, a necessity or like whatever you're doing. That's a great way to put it. Now. We talked about the biggest challenge. What do you think is the biggest perk of competing in the high school level esports? Well, um, for me, it's improvement. Uh, I don't really care if I'm winning. I don't really care if I'm losing. As long as my team and I are improving individually and as a whole. The feeling of improvement in video games, uh, especially Siege, where, you know, it's not just aim. It's not just strategy. You have to have a combination and a balance between both, uh, as well as understanding your role in your team and uh, being able to communicate effectively and efficiently with your teammates. Uh, just improvement is is so, so, so satisfying to me and my team. And obviously winning's fun. We all love winning, but uh, in my mind, improvement is a win. So in a lot of traditional sports, you see kind of a ladder of getting to play at a professional level. It goes from like high school to college and then to the professional, uh, to professional level. Do you see the same kind of thing? happening with esports where it's beginning to show up in more high schools and colleges or do you still think it's going to be this kind of more open system where teams are just going to find talent and pick them up there yeah um that's a that's a good question uh it's funny funny you ask that because my team uh recently what during one of our practices we uh were looking for a scrim to uh you know it's like a it's almost like a yeah i'm sure people listening know what a scrimmage is it's a it's a practice game basically yeah, yeah. um so we ended up playing a Boston University's team, their siege team. So I think I definitely uh, think that that video games and esports in general are working their way into high schools, colleges, and things like that. And I mean, obviously, it's not on the same level as say basketball or football, uh, sport like that yet. But it's it's growing and it's growing quickly. Recently, we've seen a lots of break breakthroughs in esports for females, as women are generally a marginalized group in gaming, and specifically. Esports organization Cloud9 signed an all-female roster for Valorant, uh, and they performed pretty well in the North American First Strike tournament. You know, what kind of opportunities do you see for females in high school esports? That's that's a good question. I'm, I mean, I don't follow Valorant esports, but it's really cool to know that Cloud9 is doing that to try to be more inclusive. 
because I, I definitely agree with what you said earlier. Women are completely. I, it, I. It's frankly disgusting to see some of the uh, things that are said when when women play video games. I read this article. I'm not sure the title of. Uh, I think it was from. It was from uh, PC Gamer about how many women in in uh, in video games in a competitive environment are often scared to unmute their mics in fear of being taunted or bullied by their teammates, who are usually uh, males. But um, in, in esports today, I think the opportunities for females are, are, are al almost the same as males in a lot of ways when it comes to actual competition. When it comes to, you know, matchmaking, like hopping into a ranked game, finding four random teammates and, and going and trying to have fun there, you're going to see a lot of people who, who aren't... They, they don't really understand how the world works. Obviously, video games attract a much younger audience than a lot of uh, other things. And a lot of these people who are who are a little bit less mature end up straight up bullying women just because they're women. Uh, but in the competitive scene, I feel that, that women have a place. And I, my team surely would not discriminate against anyone of a, of a different gender uh, simply because of that. Uh, as long as they're able to compete in a, in a competitive environment, we, we have no issue. Right, and I think that like it's it's a it's kind of deeply rooted in the gaming community. The gaming community is like, you know, if we're gonna be honest, the gaming community is a very toxic place. They're not, um, they're not as tolerant to a lot of different um, groups of people. And I'm glad to hear that your team is trying to work against that and be more inclusive. So I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, I appreciate you, Ben, coming on for the podcast. It was really good talking to you. You can follow our podcast at our socials at no camping pod on instagram and twitter ben where can they find you yeah so i'm live on twitch every weekend and posting two to three youtube videos a week and uh, all my handles are the same it's just caffeine with a ph and two n's all right sounds good thank you guys all for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode once again our socials can be found they will be linked in the description below and make sure you check out ben too this is sean and this is david signing off from scott center thank you guys once again for listening peace, peace.